other mortals of Universe 7. I'm Mysterious Jackson from the Mysterious Jackson Show. And what I'm going to talk about today, SmackDown vs. Raw 2022, or officially called WWE 2K22. And my honest thoughts about it. Well, I'm excited for it. I mean, due to what I've seen and heard about it, this seems to be great potential. Now, the good I'm going to talk about, and if there's bad, and the that shouldn't have been there, I'm going to talk about it. Now, based on what I've seen and what I've heard about, do I think this game is going to be a great success? Yes. And no. The reason why I think it's going to be is because it's going to be a great improvement over uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2020. And the reason why I say it's going to be a great improvement is because they're taking their time with this one. They're taking their time and develop the graphics to develop the gameplay and to put more stuff in it to get people to play it more. I'm gonna be honest. I love SmackDown vs. Raw 2020. I love the fact that um Rebecca Quinn, aka Two Man um Becky uh, Two Belt was on there as the cover star, and she deserves it. I feel you know her character as a heel is not rushed, not like. It was when her first time was around. Her character as a heel was rushed. And the um, crowd didn't buy into it. And why people didn't buy into it? Well, I think they were trying to force something that didn't need to be. And they tried to make her seem like the next Stone Cold, in a sense. And I really don't think that was a right move for them to do. And because, not to say I don't love um, Steven. I love Stone Cold Steve Austin. I love The Rock. I love the whole Attitude Era. But... As far as Becky character goes, I don't really feel that they need to force the whole, the whole, uh, heel, authoritative, sort of, uh, character for her, um, character development. 
Um, well, although I, I love this game, and I love the fact that, that she was the cover star along with Roman Reigns, she's a badass. And as a heel, she's a badass. But, to be honest, even though I love WWE 2K 2020, um, it was rushed. In a lot of places, there were some things missing that should have been in there a long time ago. And well, I figured, you know, due to the fact that um, Yuke's left him at the wrong time. They had to start from scratch. And due to the fact that Yuke's left, it put them in a bind, so they had to scrunch up. Alright, Kyle. Gotcha. That's my uncle, guys. And, um, I feel that, you know, Due to the fact that they had left, it put them in a bind, and due to how the WWE games work, and the deal that they have with 2K, they had to, um, focus on bringing out the games yearly, because almost every year, they had to release a game. And even though I love that game to death, you could see in some areas that game was rushed. And well, preferably, why that game ultimately failed. And why is it some people that think it's a disaster of a game? Is because not only was it rushed, they didn't put a lot of effort into it. It was just like, okay, here you go. The WWE's got a game out. And here you go. Now, I get why they did that. But at the same time, they shouldn't have did that. Because 2020 on the Xbox, it was god-awful. Like, the reason I say it's god-awful is because when I played it on the Xbox, I had a horrible experience. Like, like I would hit them, do an attack, and slam them on the ground and do my aerial attacks and do my finisher they still will be standing and then they'll fall down on the floor an hour later and then it's like what's with the hourly delay like the hit detection was off and then the uh 
wrestlers didn't look like their counterparts, their real life counterparts. And then a lot of the stuff they were supposed to put in the game, they took out. Like, create a finisher was actually going to make a return, but due to the fact that WWE 2K20 did so poorly, they didn't want to put that back in the game. And do I think this, and do I think it's gonna be more uh, DLC? Oh, absolutely not. It's way too late to put any more DLC in the game that'll save it. And I get it, but it is kind of sad. I mean, because. SmackDown vs. Raw 2020 is not a bad game. And the reason why I say SmackDown vs. Raw is because before it was called WWE 2K whatever or WWE whatever number it was, it was the SmackDown vs. Raw game. And ultimately, where do I see the future for uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2022? It ultimately is going to do a lot better than um, 2020 did in um, Minecraft Raw 2021, which was canceled altogether due to the um, poor reaction and um, reception 2020 got. So they decide, hey, let's not release that game. Let's make a whole new game and put stuff that we were going to put in 2021 let's just put it in 2022 and ultimately I think it's going to be better because you got a whole new control and the fact that Rey Mysterio is finally getting his shine as far as the showcase mode go I'm very excited and I do like the fact that there's going to be some um DLC for the game. Now, do I think that there's going to be some uh, NXT DLC in the game? Possibly. You can't say for sure that there, that there isn't going to be. But for stars who thought that they were going to be in the game, it's possible but not likely because... They were still in development while this game was made. Now, if the characters had already had their models in the game and they already had got scanned for them, chances are they'll still be in the game. So, don't quote me on saying that then they might not be in the game. Because, hell, there's been a lot of wrestling games and people that have been fired and let go or released still ended up in the game. Or, dare I say it, they've been dead and still ended up in the game. Hell, Eddie Guerrero died in like 2005. 
and been in WWE games ever since. The only game he hasn't been in was um, WWE 2K15. Which wasn't a bad game either. But it's not everybody's favorite. And on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox per se, I could see why. I still play it. Hell, I wish I still had my copy. But um, I have it for the um, PlayStation 3 though. And that game was a great experience. Hell, my uh, brother played it with me once. Um, my nephew, my nephew played it. My niece played it with me, and we had a blast. And she kicked my ass in the game. I'm not gonna lie, she was good. And I was so happy. Like, she picked it up like it was nothing. I was really proud of her and happy. And I get why um a lot of people didn't like 15 and preferred um 16 and um 17 over 15. Like, the best ones, I would have to say, would be, you know, besides the earlier ones, would be Macbeth vs. Raw, 2009, 2010, 2011, 12, 13, 14, 16, 17, and 19, and 20 to an extent. Now, does... 2020 have anything good about it? Depends on how you look at it. Me, I found some um, things that were kind of interesting, like the Bump in the Night uh, DLC wasn't bad. It, it was good. And I do like the fact that uh, Bray Wyatt as the screen character, he's the, like the commentator for that. But that said, I see why a lot of people didn't like it. You know, I've experienced some glitches myself. Like one day I'm playing it, and then I do the uh, stunner, and they're falling through the floor, and then the screen goes black for like five minutes. I didn't like that. Now, um, did I experience all the other glitches that people have experienced? No. Not until, like, two years later after me getting the game, I experienced it. But my first impressions of the game, I like it. I mean, I still play it every now and again. But... Do I think 2022 is going to be bad? Oh, hell no. Like, I'm actually looking forward to that, and I, I can't wait to play it soon. Now, do I think some of the up-and-coming talent from NXT might be in the game? Um, I don't know. I mean, I hope so. I mean, 
hopefully these latest WWE releases won't affect them being in the game if they are in the game. But, um, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm glad that, uh, Rey Mysterio and his son is gonna be in the game. And, um, the fact that, you know, he's the cover star and they're gonna have a story mode based around him. And 2K, as far as the, um, the story mode goes, they do a great job. And it's been a while. So, like, if I was to play the game and get it, I... That would be the first thing I play. I mean, and I do love, absolutely love the fact that GM mode is in the game. Now, do I think this is going to be a great success? Yes and no. I mean, because the reason why I say it's going to be a success is because. GM mode hasn't been in the game since um, 2007, and people have been wanting that, myself included, people have been wanting that in the game since 2007, and the reason why people have wanted it in the game is because they have fun with it. I mean, you've got to be your own boss and run your show like how um Vince McMahon does or Triple H or Vicky Guerrero or uh, Theodore Long and with GM mode in the game it made the player be more in charge of the show and it made them see how the WWE runs and I really felt that that was good. I mean, you got to be your own boss in the game. You had your your uh, stars for the roster. You had your main eventer. You had your mid carter. You had your um, lower card, and you had to make them work to rise above the card. And become the star of the show. And I like that. And another reason why people liked it is because it was more realistic. Because if the um, superstar got injured, they couldn't they couldn't move. And they couldn't um, participate in the event. So... My take on GM mode, I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see how it runs. And I think I'm going to play that a couple more times than any other mode on there. Now, let me get to why I think it's not going to be a success. I'm not coming down on this mode after I just placed it. But the reason why I say it won't be a success is because it's been years since it hasn't been in the game. And it's going to serve as a test run. Even though people might play it more often than any other mode. Than um, 
universe mode or my faction or my rise I think it'll get more plays just due to the simple fact that it hasn't been in the game for a while and they want to see how it runs although I do think it's going to be a big selling point for the game more so than showcase mode and um would it be in a test run they might you know have people test it out to see if they'll keep it in future games and if so they'll probably improve it and if not they'll probably take it out because see what WWE likes to do and what 2K is starting to catch on to because the WWE games have done it in the past once something is popular and played more often they'll try to keep it in for a couple games but after a while like the less and less people play the mode the more changes and most likely the, the mode itself may not be in the game say for instance like when um Minecraft Princess World 2000, um, 2010 came out Sorry, I almost said 2020. When Spike Devils Royal 2010 came out with um, Story Designer, like, that was a big deal. And, like, when um, Spike Devils Royal 2009 came out with uh, Creative Finisher and Tag Team Finisher, like, that has been incorporated for a while up until the 2K um, series came up. I think the last time Story Designer and Creative Finisher was in the game was in SmackDown vs. Raw um, 2014. And ever since then, um, Creative Finisher and Story Designer have not been in the game since. And why it was a good thing but also a bad thing is because with all the legends that they have in the game and the legends they try to have in the game, it was a letdown because people thought, okay, um, story designer is gonna be in the game and I'll have the dream matches I always wanted. And then when people find out that story designer isn't in there, all the fantasy matches that they thought of, they have to scrap because story designer wasn't in the game and um, all the legends that they have are still in the game, but to them they're like they have all the legends I want, but story designer wasn't there. I mean, myself, I was disappointed a little, even though I understand how marketing works in a sense, and how things happen sometimes, because you gotta remove things and add something new to make the game seem fresh. But in the same sense, I was disappointed because with Sting in the game, I wanted to have some dream matches of my own, and. I can't do that now because 
story designer isn't in the game. But as far as 22 goes, I think this game will be great because it's got a whole new overhaul. It's got a whole new features, and then the game itself has got new controls. I do hope the controls make sense, though, because I'm not gonna lie, I did not like the fact that you had to press square and X to do a finisher. I could see if it was like Roman Reigns or Edges or Goldberg Spear or Switch Hand Music in a sense, but to do a stunner. A Batista bomb, or a Dominator, or a Power bomb, or John Cena's FU, aka Attitude Adjustment. That didn't make sense. Not to press two buttons together, and then it made it too easy for the opponent to escape it. I mean, I do like the fact that they still have their ONG moments and the Catcher Finisher ability. But, the controls didn't make sense at first. I mean, it was easy to pick it up and play it. And I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to make it more easy for new people to come in. Because, as a company, and when you have customers, you don't want to lose your target audience or your target customer. That helps that um, revenue in the community that buys the game. So they're like, oh, it's gonna be a whole new year, whole new game. Let's try to um, bring newcomers in and make people play because the whole objective is you're gonna want people to buy the props because there are fans upset product and you want to try to draw them in and you want to make it easy for them to play and not difficult okay yeah nothing just recording an episode yeah You can't. No, you can't. No, but it doesn't pause it. No, it doesn't pause it. Yes, I'm recording a live episode.
Yeah. Yeah, um, he did. And he put, um, ice in it. That's okay. Um, sorry about that, guys. There was a little, uh, intermission. But what I was saying was, I didn't like the fact that they, uh, switched the controls. Even though... I understand why they did it because they wanted to um, have new players pick pick it up and be easy for it to play. But you didn't have to make it too arcade-like. I mean, and I do like the fact that um, certain modes they allowed you to switch it back as far as the um, submission attacks go. Because I didn't like the whole doing it with the right analog sticks. I really didn't like that in the beginning, especially when it came to submission mode. And, um, I understood what had to be done, because due to the fact that, um, Ukes left, so they had to do everything from scratch, due to the fact that Ukes left, they had to, um, start over, because... A big part of their um, partnership fled, and Ukes has been around since 2002. After um, the Aki company uh, switched out and got bought out by um, EA Games, and. As far as 2022 goes, this game, from what I see of it, they're trying to make it a more realistic approach, and and make it more authentic, and make it stand out, and they want to try to get the customers back in what they lost, because they lost a lot due to how 2020 affected everything and when 2k20 came out that game it didn't do well in sales and you can tell um it was a hit and miss and with gm 
being in the game, I think this mode will be played for its time because it's been out for some years. But is it going to be what sells the mode? Yes and no. But again, the reason why I said it is because it'll help the game sell. But I don't think it would be the factor that why people are playing the game. If GM is promising to be what it's being cracked up to be, then most definitely. Because, not gonna lie, my cousins, my brother, and whoever we had over playing the games with us, we played GM mode a lot. And due to the fact that GM mode is going to be back in the game. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm also looking forward to story mode. In the showcase. With Rain Mysterio to see what type of matches they're going to have. And I do like the fact that they got the. Um, NWO. For life pack in there. And the three versions of the Undertaker. And due to the fact that this game is going to have a whole new engine. And. That it's going to be on every console. So. Myself included. I'm not worried. Because it is on PS4. And PS5. And Xbox One. And Xbox Series X. Or Xbox Scarlet as it's called. But. I will have to bring to your attention. Attention. PS5 players. If. You are still able to see. Um. PlayStation 5s be sold, get them while you can, because some of them, some of the PlayStation 5s are being recalled due to them being used for um, wars in the military, and using them for army stuff, so if you have a PlayStation 5, make sure you hold on to it, because they're not going to be around for much longer if um, they're getting recalled like this. And do I think it's going to look terrible on the PlayStation 4? Oh, no, 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 no. Because when you have any game, especially the newer games, if you have any game on the PlayStation 4 or 5, it's going to look just as good. If not even better. And as much as I love the game, it's going to look better than 2020. And they're going to look more realistic to the actual counterparts. And, um... I feel that, you know, this game is going to sell well. Because it's not really being rushed. They're taking their time to develop it. And every couple of weeks, you're getting an update for the game and what's going to be in the game and what's not going to be in the game. But as far as DLC, um, three versions of The Undertaker will be in the game as DLC. 
And Stone Cold will be in the game as DLC, from what I'm told and from what I've heard. And, um, the NWO is going to be a DLC. Now, do I think NXT is going to be DLC? Um, like I said, it's too soon to tell, but, um, not likely, but if they are, there might be a few. But, don't count on it. Because, due to the fact that almost... There have been a number of releases and firings. Unless they've been scanned for the game. And their models are already in the game. And it's too late for them to take it out. But if they plan to be in the game. And they haven't gotten scanned yet. And their character model isn't in the game. Um, chances are they're not going to be in the game. I'm really looking forward to this game. Uh, and I really do need to be getting more uh, wrestling games for my PlayStation at least because I only have one wrestling game for my uh, PlayStation 4 and it's not because I don't like them. I wanted to get all the essentials first. I mean... And although I uh, want to get them all the way up, like I did for my uh, PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 2, and when I do get them, there's going to be some I'm going to play more than others. Like, I'll probably play 16 and 17 more than 18 because the fact that, you know, Showcase is not in 18, which I didn't get, but I get it due to the simple fact, probably because 2018, as far as the storyline, there weren't any good ones, and a lot of people, a lot of people, not me, but a lot of people don't like showcase mode. And I get why some of them don't like it. But at the same time, I don't get it because for years, we as video game fans and wrestling fans have always said they should have a wrestling game based on real events and not just a story mode that they can make up on the fly just for the game although the um the story modes back then were funny they were wacky they didn't make sense but they were entertaining and in some odd, weird fashion, it made sense because it was WWE. When you played the old story modes, you could go like, hey, I could see them somewhat doing that. And they made it entertaining for the game. But, see, the thing with 2K is, they like to recreate the events 
and draw you in and have you relive those moments of the wrestling community or moments of your favorite wrestler. Because back then, WWE was the shit back then. Like, take a look at the Attitude Era. Um, the WCW Invasion. Um, and then the old storylines you brought into them because they they were more realistic. And I'm not gonna lie, I loved playing um some of the uh, story modes and reliving um those iconic moments. Like I think SmackDown vs. Raw 2016 was my favorite one because I got to relive some of my favorite moments of the Attitude Era. Although I do wish they had Owen Hart in there. I wish that he was in there because he played a a big role in that too. I mean, I get why his wife doesn't want him being associated with the WWE. But at the same time, if you want somebody to um, relive and honor your uh, husband's legacy, you gotta you gotta let whatever bad blood you have with said company and let them honor your husband's legacy. I mean, I understand why Martha uh, Hart is how she's doing what she's doing is because she didn't like how they handled the situation. And due to the fact that he didn't want to do said stunt that got him killed and they still ended up trying to make him go through with it and he went through with it because he was devoted to his passion he loved the fans and he loved the wrestling he didn't want to displease anybody but at the cost of his own life he died because of it and I understand why she's upset and why she's got beef with the WWE because she feels that nothing was done properly. But at the same time, you don't want Owen Hart to be forgotten. And if he or his attire or his moveset isn't in the game, that's kind of like a bummer. I mean, not to say that he'll be in 2022. I would love that. But, like, I'm speaking from a fan standpoint, but I'm also speaking in a standpoint where it's understandable. Although as a fan... I love Owen Hart. He was one of my favorite hearts out of the hearts. And I would love to see him be playable in the game one last time. 
because the only time that he was in the game was in um, WWF Warzone. And Attitude, get it. And, but toward a part, it's understandable. His wife and some of his family feel that, you know, it was WWE's fault and responsibility. They feel that his death should have been handled better, and I agree with that. But, because family comes first, you can't put that aside. But at the same time, you can't let his legacy go to waste. And as far as this game goes, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to get my hands on it and play it. And then I'll do a review on it like I did um, 2020 on YouTube a couple of years back. Stay tuned for that because I'll be redoing that for, um, for the uncensored version of this podcast. Well... And how I feel that this is going to help WWE in sales. Because due to the fact that, you know, they're taking their time and listening to what we want as fans in the community. As far as the um, WWE game. The more... They properly take care of the product and treat the product and don't treat it like a joke. This will ultimately help them sell. And the merchandise will go up for it because even though AEW is coming out with a wrestling game, they're taking their time. And usually when wrestling games for the WWE go go out, they sell well. But due to the fact that 2020 didn't sell well, it leaves people wondering, is this game going to be any good or is it going to be bad like 2020 was? And is it going to sell well? And do I have faith in it? Of course I do. And from what I've seen, it looks it looks stunning and marvelous. And I'm actually happy to see how the products turned out. And do I feel that they're gonna have some of my favorite wrestlers in there? They'll have some. Not all. They'll have some. Not like the rest of them do. I mean, because 16 and 15 and 14 has a lot of my favorite wrestlers in there. A lot of wrestlers that I love to play with. Not to say that I won't try out the new one. But as far as, like, new wrestlers, 
and new talent. I'll try out some new talent because there are some promising uh, talent in the WWE. I'm not gonna lie. Like they're still gonna have Becky Lynch in there. They got a. Uh, they got Sasha Banks in there. Um. And they're gonna have uh, Charlotte in there. And will I play with some of the new divas? Of course. Who am I looking forward to play with? Um, I'll have to see more of the game and um, play it. Actually, I mean, besides Rey Mysterio, I'm looking forward to playing with him and playing the story mode. And I'm really interested to see the new features in the creation suite when it comes out. And then my rise and my faction, I'm looking forward to that. Do I think they're going to have the uh, the DLCs in there and the uh, bump in the night? Uh, I hope not. Although I love those modes, I really feel that those should be in 2020 only. I think those where they should stay because that's where they came from and that's where they shine at. But I don't think this should be a hindrance. I don't think this should be frowned upon. I don't think the bump in the night DLCs for 2020 should be in 2022 because 2022 is going to be built different and I don't mean to say that in a pun extent and like to say it's tagline because the tagline it's it hits different but I'm going to say it anyway. It's it's built different. And not only is it built different, it hits different. And it's it. Well, if you put something in there that was in 2020, especially some DLC content from 2020, that's not going to be a hindrance. But if you put something that was in 2020, in 2022, that's going to leave some sour taste in somebody's mouth. Not to say that I won't play because if they do have some stuff from 2020, I'll play it. But I'm looking forward to the new content that they'll have for this game to see how it is. And, um... This will be a great game. When I get it, I'll play with my nephews. Like I did with um, 2016, 2017, and 15, 14, and 12. Um, I'm looking forward to this game. I can't wait to play it, and I can't wait to play it with them. Because they're my pride and joy. They are the key 
that made me proud because they all made me an uncle. My nephew, Navi, my nephew, Zion, Jim, as I call him, and Isaiah, and my little guy, Juju, both of them. My nieces, Isaiah, Kamari, Imari, Imani, and Leilani, and Manala. And I know I said Imani, but that's my nickname for it. But, um, my nieces and nephews are my pride and joy, and I love them to death. And, like, when I get to hang out with them and play with them, it brings me immense full joy. I know I'm, I'm a little tough with them at times, but I do it out of love for them, and I love them to death. I love them to pieces. I have more happy moments with them than I do when, the, when they're not here or not around. Like, I always look forward to them coming. I'll always look forward to them. And, um, I love every single one of them. Leilani, Nanala, Molly here, <laughs> and my, uh, Isaiah Princess, my Schnipkums, my little guys, Sham and Juju, both of them, and they, and Kat, I love all you guys. I love you too, Nobs. I love, I love all my nieces and nephews, like, you guys don't understand, like, they are my friends and joy, and every single one of them, when they was born, I was so proud of them, I was like, I'm an uncle, like, that was like the happiest, that was like the happiest day of my life, that was like the happiest day of my life, and I love it, and if I was to say anything, if you got a nieces and nephews, cherish them. It's the greatest gift that anyone can get. So, closing out, when 2022 comes, you be sure and get it. And play it. And always remember, this is our universe, seven, and we aren't just mere mortals. We are beyond that. Well, I'm Mysterious Jackson from the Mysterious Jackson Show. And until we meet again, stay tuned, because you don't want to miss out what happens 
on the show. Because anything and everything will happen. Stay tuned. Hello models of Universe 7, I'm Mysterious Jackson from the Mysterious Jackson Show, and what I'm going to talk about today, well, this is going to be a special episode, and what's special about it, let's just say, well, I got to talk to a special YouTuber, and the YouTuber's name is SS Goshen 4 She's a really cool girl, and um, just like me, she has Dragon Ball in common, and she loves Dragon Ball stuff, and she loves collecting. And, well, I guess you figured, how did I, um, got to talk to her? Well, aside from her replies, when she replies to me on YouTube... She does live streams every now and again when I stop by. And I have to say, talking to her has been like the most fun and most entertaining time I have ever had. There are many people that make me come out my show, but. She made me come out my show that day when I joined her stream. It's because I'm very shy in certain places. Like, I don't like to dance. But when I do, I like to come out my show. And when I do, I have fun doing it. And the songs that she played, for the sake of this episode, I'm not going to disclose them, but they were some very memorable moments, and some great songs that made me want to come up my show. And we had a nice talk. We uh, talked about uh, Dragon Ball movies. A very good friend of ours and so many memorable moments oh she was somebody I followed and watched on YouTube for a while 
and I gotta say how proud I am of her and seeing how well her channel has grown and she also knows Miss Bowman who is a very dear friend of mine and we talked about that we talked about her and I also like the things that she and Chris did like they are both very entertaining and I'm so proud of how far their channel has grown and I really like what they have to offer and if you really want to be cool and canon not only do you have to follow your own set of rules give her a like give her a follow you won't be disappointed if you're like a Dragon Ball fan and she's a fan of Dragon Ball GT and I don't care what anybody says Dragon Ball GT is canon and so is canon and I'm so looking forward to that Dragon Ball Super Superhero movie and see what type of role Pan has and if it's possible I hope sincerely hope that they get Miss Bowman to play the voice of Pan because I know it's a company but I don't like when voice actors get replaced she is very passionate about the work that she does and the voice of Pan and how dedicated she is and I sincerely hope that they allow Miss Bowman to play the voice of Pan that would be an extreme justice if she got to play the voice of Pan in the movie that would, would be an injustice if they didn't allow her to play the voice of Pan for the movie, that would be an injustice. I don't care what anybody says. Like, I have no disrespect to any new up-and-coming actors and voice actors. But to keep it consistent, you should have the person that's been doing it for over more than 10 years. She's been doing it since I was... 13 at least. I grew up with Miss um, Bowman as the voice of Pan. And I love who she is as a person. She is a very kind soul. And it would be a great disservice if they didn't allow her to play in the movie. Like, at this time, Pan is five years old in the movie. So it's not like they would need somebody to play a baby version of the character just because she's five. It would, I would love to see how she would take the role from a younger version of the character that she's played for over 10 years. I'm, I'm not cold.
Yeah. I had, um, ate the oatmeal. disrespect against any new voice actor that's in up and coming and trying to play a, a iconic character because I remember when I first started doing um, voice acting the first character I played was Goku essentially they didn't um use the uh stuff I did and they gave it to Colleen and Sean was I salty about it no I mean because they wanted to keep it consistent with their um English dub cause Sean's been doing it since late 1997 to early 1998 leading into the 2000s and was I disappointed and hurt well yes but at the same time I understood it although I was still hurt because I really wanted to you know hear my voice in the game. I mean, other than would be doing it behind the scenes. But it was still fun to do. And I enjoyed every moment of it and every day I was doing it. But I'm excited for the movie, but at the same time, I'm like, what is going to be the main villain for this movie? Because we know the movie's about uh, Gohan. And people are like, what, so they're going to bring back Cell because of the Red Ribbon Army? I see why people say that, but then I hope not. But then at the same time, I see why they do that because Cell was Gohan's biggest moment. I mean, he did do some phenomenal fighting up until the Boo Saga when um, Super Boo was down on Earth. But he didn't finish the job, and the prominent big time when he finished the job was when he fought Cell. I mean, if people don't count the Arlen Jr. arc because those are movies. But if you really think about it, it ties in with the 
evolution of government. But if you really want to talk about a big moment for Gohan, it would have to be Cell. But based, I mean, but based on what producers and artists have said, Cell was not an easy draw. And some artists didn't like drawing those spots on his head to tentacles. But although it seems to have a, a theme with you know the early development of the Dragon Ball product, especially in the Super's case. It's very dependent on nostalgia. And although I have nothing wrong with that, but don't let that be your crutch because when nostalgia dries out, you'll have nothing left to turn on to and then you'll have to actually write something new. Which will will not be a bad thing. I think that would help the product. And with these two new characters as it's claimed Gamma 1 and Gamma 2 they're new to the anime but they're not new to Dragon Ball the reason why I didn't say that is because in the um Famicom game in Dragon Power um Gamma 1 and Gamma 2 were the um bosses of the game Gamma 1 was the my balls and Gamma 2 was the final boss. The reason why I say that is because when I had a Super Nintendo, I had Dragon Power. And those were the bosses of the game. And you had to do combos essentially to defeat them. You couldn't just blast them like you did the um regular enemies, you'd have to actually hit them. And, well, although it's a nice callback to the Dragon Power days, because Dragon Ball, before it was called Dragon Ball, it was called Dragon Boy, Dragon Power, and then Dragon Ball. Which, if you don't um believe me you can um go to other people like Geekdom 101 Unrelink Gaming aka Alex how's it going Alex and um Image they are some of the um well known people in the um Dragon Ball community and if you want honest opinions, somebody that doesn't hold back besides me in the um, community as far as Dragon Ball is concerned or anything in general, go to Alex and go to um, Imish and Alex as an AKA Unwinland Game. And I recommend you go to uh, Geek the One on One too. I mean, because 
these characters, these people's channels I'm mentioning, you might want to go to them. Because they'll give you the facts. They'll give you entertainment. And the reason why I say, um, go to, um, Armored Light Gaming's channel is because Alex, he does a lot of good entertainment things. And, um, he's got his own little, um, fan, uh, manga service thing. And it's really cool. But every time when there's a new, uh, chapter he makes, I, I, um, listen to it and read it. And not only that, Alex and, um, Amos, they read, um, the, uh, manga. And I'm intrigued when reading the manga and having them read it because they know how to narrate. And, um, they don't hold nothing back. They are very honest about what they do. And, um, he's a fellow podcaster himself. So, um, listen to him and his podcast. Um, listen to his, uh, fan manga stuff. And tune to his channel when he's reading the manga. It's really cool. Like, and he's he on all all around uh, nice guys when I've talked to him on YouTube I've had some good interactions with him like I never really had a problem with him I played with him once in uh, Xenoverse one time and I'll never regret it because he helped me do the uh, Broly mission Ultimate Evil Broly, the, um, expert mission. Ooh, online, that was brutal, and if he wasn't on that mission with me, I probably would have failed, because everybody on my team just kept on dying and dying, and I kept on reviving, and I didn't have that much health, and a lot of the items I, I had, I didn't have back then. And not only do I want you to go over to um, Armament Gaming channel and Images channel, as I was saying, go over to SS Goshen 4. Goshen is spelled with an I, not an E. She'll tell you that. And I respect that. But just so that people understand, it takes a little while for me to text with my fingers. My fingers are not very fast when it comes to texting, so that's why I use the uh, text-to-speech on my phone, because it works easier for me. So, I do not mean to say some of the things that, you know, may sound offensive or may bother people. I don't mean for that. And sometimes my phone freezes after a sentence and I can't always delete it because it deletes everything and that's 
kind of a pain in the ass, but just for people that don't understand, I am disabled and left-handed. I'm not ambidextrous. I can use both my hands, but not the way I can use my left hand. My left hand is my strongest because I'm left-handed. And when it comes to typing with my fingers, it's going to take forever. So that's why I use a text-to-speech. So for those that might have misunderstood my words, try to use your thinker and try to think of what I was trying to say instead of what is always printed. Because I can't tell you how many times something has been text and it was not my intention to offend. And for those who I have might have offended or I have offended rather my sincerest apologies but if I make a mistake don't eat me alive for it I'm not here to cause any beef with anybody not that I'm afraid to deal with any beef or anything I don't like confrontation I'm here to fulfill a purpose and I'm going to intend to do so but, if anybody comes at me one more time and wishing that I die or something, get off social media. I do not associate with toxic behavior because there's enough of that in the community and it drives me nuts. And for anybody myself included or for anybody that is a GP fan or who knows the facts about it being canon stay away from me if you're going to be toxic I'm so sick of people just getting so butt hurt and in their feelings just because somebody like a product which, by the way, occurs when I'm approved. And like, oh, you want to get all butthurt? Dragon Ball GT is not canon. Fuck all that. Because Dragon Ball GT ain't canon. It was the perfect way to end the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z era. And I do get I hate how they retcon certain things. But if you really think about it, every great show has one. Well, the great animes have some sort of grand ending story to an anime. And if you didn't have one, it would be kind of misplaced. And, well, if you really think about it as well, um, you get what they were trying to do. And if Akira Toriyama approved of it, 
and give the okay, why are you mad? And it gives us an option to whether we consider it canon or not. I mean, because it, I mean, it does go with the timeline, but it goes with the the timeline because it's not a what if story. Excuse me. And I also encourage you to um go check out uh, Sane Scholars channel. It's really good. <clears throat> and there is a lot of things in his videos that not only do I agree with, but I have also said. Like, Dragon Ball GT is canon if you want it to be. Even though it actually is canon because it goes with the timeline. But GT has a lot more good moments than bad moments. Sure, it starts off slowly. People thought, oh, Dragon Ball GT uh, Grand Tour was going to be this action-filled hack show. And I, I get why you thought that. But at the same time, like, you can't go the whole hundred. You gotta, you gotta start out slow, get them invested in re- reeling in. You can't just go out the gate, boom, 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 all this action all over the place, and you're like, what? What the hell happened? Because there have been so many shows and movies and animes and cartoons where they have jumped right into the action and you're all thrown off and you're like what is going on here like what am I watching and I'm like I don't like shows and movies that do that like for instance Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City Oh, I did not like that movie. And I did not like Dragon Ball Evolution. Reasons why I didn't like those movies. Okay, let's start with Dragon Ball Evolution. Okay. First of all, Kakarot is 18 years old in the movie. And in high school... Kakarot never went to high school, okay? And he was not 18 fucking years old. He was 14 years old, but in the anime, in the dub, it says he was 12 to make it seem younger, because that's more cute and appealing to uh, the young audience. So they had to make him seem like he was 12 when he was actually 14. And and you you bought into it like it was about this boy who was all alone training in the woods by himself because his his grandpa has since been dead. I mean, due to um, Kakarot doing it, but he had no idea that he did it. But you you don't think about that it gets explained later on in the story 
And the more you watch it, the more invested you get. And with Dragon Ball Evolution, I was so disappointed because, you know, I've always wanted a live action Dragon Ball movie. But I didn't want them to rush it, and then it's like, okay, where uh, Kakra and Chi Chi met was in high school. No, 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 no. That is not how you write a Dragon Ball movie. That is not how you write it. I mean, and I mean, no disrespect to some of the some of the actors that played the respective characters. Except for Justin Chatwin. He does not deserve to play Kakarot at all. Like, that portrayal of the characters, he portrayed him so poorly, and I really didn't like him as an actor that much anyway, but that, like, that just really made me hate him a lot more. And it's just like, Justin, what the hell? Do you not know anything? And then he proved it when I interviewed him. Like, oh, Dragon Ball Evolution was, you know, it's very popular and a lot of people watch it and like it. What? What the fuck? What? What the hell was that? What the fuck is that? That's not how you give a proper interview. And then how are you gonna claim? You know a lot about Dragon Ball. You have all these figures in the room, and then you claim you got over a thousand figures in the room. In the interview, you said you got over a million thousand. First of all, the only person I know that has that much, preferably, and most definitely has that much, is SS Goshen 4. He has a lot of Dragon Ball stuff. He has a lot of Dragon Ball stuff, and the reason I know that is because I've watched her videos. I've been watching her videos since I was a teenager, and when I was in high school. Because, like, when I was 13 and I was, um, going to school, um, I had to sneak in on YouTube because the uh, computers didn't have internet on them, but I snuck internet on them once I had uh, those discs where you had to put the disc inside the computer to get the internet. And when I did, I would watch um, Goshen uh, Dragon Ball Collection videos. And aside from that, when back when she used to have Raven Simone stuff, and then when she did uh, her uh, anime AMV video with the um, Michael Jackson Scream video. And I, I love that, how she, you know, incorporated, you know, anime with Michael Jackson, and she did it properly might I add, because I'll be seeing some AMD videos with celebrity songs, and they just do not know how to do them right, and 
SS Ghost is for. My hat is off to you. You've earned my respect permanently. Keep up the great work. I'll be watching. And I'll be stopping by when you do a live stream. But. How you do. A Dragon Ball movie. You're supposed to know. A lot more. About. The characters that you're. Portraying on television. To make it seem believable. You have to make it seem believable. To your audience. You have to make it seem believable to yourself. And for all the people that are watching, you want them to buy into it. You don't want to do a half-assed job in a performance and then it not seem real. Then people not want to buy it or buy into it. And I really was disappointed when seeing that. And somebody was like, if you would have an opportunity to get any of the movies, would you buy Evolution? Hell no, I wouldn't buy Evolution. Because that movie was terrible. Like, whenever time somebody thinks of the word Evolution, they think about that movie now. And that movie put a stain on it. It put a stain on it. The Dragon Ball, but it kind of gave it its resurgence, resurgence in a way because it made the character the character want to come back and uh, write Battle of Gods, and I feel sad because this movie is what made Justin uh, Tatwin kind of disappear. Because now when people associate with that movie and they think think of him, like, that ultimately ruined his career, so to speak, because he hasn't been anything since. And you can try to check that. I'm, I'm not wrong. And even, if he, and even if he was in something after that, you wouldn't hear about it. Like, Ultimately, that ruined his career. And why I don't like the Welcome to Raccoon City Resident Evil movie is because, okay, I get why they're trying to broaden it to a, a whole new generation of audience. And they have to tone down a lot of the things in it being less gory. But. Is how everything was betrayed in there. There wasn't a lot of good stuff in that movie. Okay, like, for instance, I didn't really talk about this in the episode when I recorded it. Because I didn't want to talk about it because it made me mad. But when there was an explosion and I guess Leon was sleeping or unconscious or whatever who was played by Alvin Jovia which hurt me because he's a great actor he was a great actor in Spectacular he's a great actor in Victorious and he's a great singer so that hurt me 
but when he was sleeping and there was an explosion how do you not hear that how do you not hear that and like and then what was with that girl following uh, Claire around and while I'm on the subject why did they give subtle hints when to call Veronica when this has nothing to do with Resident Evil 1 or 2 and it's not even based on the PlayStation 1 versions of the games. It's based on the remix of all three Resident Evil games. All three. And I wanted to like this movie. I wanted to like Evolution. I wanted to like Resident Evil Raccoon City because it's been over 20 years since I played a Resident Evil game. Not because of the sheer fact I I don't like the games because I, I do happen to like them. But it's just I have to mentally prepare for them. And I can't play the new ones now because I'm going to be all thrown off. The last Resident Evil game I played was Code Veronica. And I love that one. But the execution for these callbacks that was in this Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, it was misplaced. The corresponding reference wasn't there. Like when the dog got bitten, the why'd he bite me line wasn't there, and I was waiting for that. And I just felt all of disappointed for for these movies. But what I'm not disappointing about Dragon Ball Super Superhero Gohan's gonna get a bigger role. I hope they make sense of it. And I hope they make good use of everybody because Broly is in the movie. You've seen it in the trailer when Kakarot's training him. And, um... I'm also told that, um... Piccolo's got a role in this movie. Like, Piccolo's got his house that resembles his home planet, uh, Namek. He has his own, he has his own mailbox and everything, so that's kind of nitty. And I understand they want to do, like, a, a light-hearted approach to this with some action. <clears throat> but, my thing is, I don't want these characters to be wasted. Especially Gohan or Pan. And I say this because I myself, just like SS Goshen 4, I am a huge fan of Pan. No pun intended. And no rhyme pun intended when I meant when I said that. And I absolutely love Miss Bowman as Pan, and I love her as a person. 
She has been so kind to me. She has done a lot for me. Even though we have not met in person, I've talked to her. I've sent messages speaking from my heart and being kind. And she's liked the message and she's replied both as herself and as hand. And like like I said in the episode in season uh one and season two. She has done so much for me. And the fact that somebody from my childhood actually knows who I am and watch my episode when I did it about her and seen it and then acknowledged me about it. That was the greatest feeling I have ever had. And that was the most impressive thing I've ever witnessed and I would not change that for the world that was the absolute best time of my life because 2021 and 2020 and this year has been rough in certain areas of my life. I mean, because some days I'm I'm just I just don't have it in me sometimes. I go through depression at times. I'm not happy at times. I mean, sometimes it gets to me. It's not anybody that I'm friends with or that I have. If I have fans out there, if I do, I doubt that I do. But if I do, they are wonderful. The comments I receive from my content and the positive content and positive comments I enjoy it but sometimes I, I just don't have, have it in me because I I struggle with a lot because of my depression sometimes and I have anxiety really bad. Sometimes I just don't feel like doing anything sometimes. Except doing what makes me happy and what's gonna not necessarily distract me, but what's gonna get me motivated because sometimes I'm unmotivated. And sometimes I just want to relax. And the 
couple weeks ago, I got told by 30 people to basically die and kill myself. Just because they guessed that my content was going to be like theirs and they thought I wasn't going to get any likes on it or good responses. I don't know what it was, but I didn't appreciate it. And there were times because of those comments, I almost, you know, hit the quit button and everything, you know, like, hit the, uh, quit button on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all that, and just, you know, and be done with it, but there was people, you know, that showed me love, and show me support and just when I was about to give up I checked my comments and what what Miss Bowman said and I'll never forget it it was actually and it goes like this I'm glad I was able to to make the new year better for you. And she said, congratulations on everything that you're doing. Congratulations to your podcast. That's amazing. And each time I look at that quote and I remember it it gives me so much strength because sometimes I just don't have it in me sometimes to just keep pushing and and a bunch of others give me the strength to keep going because you know I got on social media as a server purpose and what the purpose was when I first started getting on any social form of social media <clears throat> um, I got on there to see if I can find the people that I idolized, the ones that, you know, are still around. And when I found them, my objective was complete. I didn't get on social media for dating like everybody thinks I was. Because at the time, and even when I was single, I already had somebody. But 
I got on there. And I feel, you know, there was a purpose for me, you know, to, you know, do this podcast. Because like I said, I've always wanted to do one. And I always wanted to spread joy with the content that I do. I mean, because like I said before, TikTok, I was voice acting. I mean, it wasn't for a long time like some of the voice actors I look up to, but it was still me voice acting, and I enjoyed it. And then when I fell in love with the voice actor and they asked me to do a character, people that I follow on TikTok, and they asked me to do a character for them, it makes me happy. And just because someone may not like what I'm doing or they may not like that my content gets liked on it just because I'm not over the top with my content. I'm myself. And I love who I am. And hot damn it, I love who I am. And I'm not gonna stop anybody or anything those who might get mad get lost because I have a purpose okay it's obviously you know you hate me you love the content I'm doing because you have the guts to still like it and for those who have made up offended with my turns beautifully broken. I'm glad we're still friends. But from the sincerest depths of my heart, I apologize to you and RV. And for those who have helped me get through this, Christy Bear, I am so glad I've gotten to meet you, and I've gotten to know you, and I appreciate you and all you and everybody else have done for me on TikTok. Teddy. Wild card. Thank you for everything. I love you all. Real life talks. I appreciate you as well. Oh, and Miss Mom, as you're called on TikTok. Glad I met you too. And I'm gonna say this. Uh, you're the first one that I'm not scared of. She knows what I'm talking about when I say this. Oh, and 
Groshan. Thank you. I truly enjoy the content that you put out. Keep it up, kid. I'm proud of you. Just like you, GT is canon. like you as well. I love Pan. I still play with her in Xenoverse. And I wish you, Chris, and your friends the best. I appreciate all who help me, who keep me going. And when I have a struggle. And for those who wish to get to know me properly, I'll be more than happy to be your friend and get to know you. If you do the same for me. But if you say you want to get to know me and then have the guts and have the disrespecting indecency to ask me to pay you to come see me or ask me to get gift cards or send you money to get you a car fucking talk to me and while I'm on the subject and just because I'm not comfortable doing a certain thing or I want to be smart while I'm online don't go calling me a catfish just because I refuse to show you something that you should not be asking. And when I go live on TikTok or whatever, don't have your seven or eight year old kids coming into my life calling me a shithead and then you or somebody else Pretending to be a celebrity that has been dead for over 11 years. Or pretending to be Janet Jackson. Saying that you're trying to get with me. Talking about you don't have any kids when Janet Jackson has a son. And is 51 years old. And then you can't say that you're Janet Jackson when you're... Popping to my life, who is a 56 year old man. You are not Jenna Jackson, okay? I know what she sounds like. I know what she looks like. And don't waste my time with it. And I don't care that I went over an hour or more than two hours. 
It needs to be said. I'm so sick of people DMing me asking me to hook up or have sex with them. It's annoying and it's disgusting. And don't go trying to talk all normal the next minute and then when I want to talk to you again, you want to put on a shiny accent and act like you're from a different state when you're trying to catfish somebody and then try to sound like a whole woman. Like, don't think about trying to fool me. I watch catfish, okay? I'm not trying to get catfish. And even if I was on that show, I wouldn't be in the position that you guys are trying to put me in. I would be a guest host, you moron. And don't go trying to get on my good side after you call me a shithead and gonna talk about Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, when that's not what you were saying two hours ago until I jumped in the box and then you want to act like a damn chicken. Talking about, oh, bro, you're the original Mysterious Jackson. Yeah, I am. Oh, bro, I'm such a big fan. Motherfucker, you weren't because just two hours ago, you was talking mad shit. And then as soon as I jump in the box <clears throat> and show you who I am, you want to backpedal. And then you're like, oh, <clears throat> Shit, I can't fool this guy. You damn right you can't fool me because I haven't seen every trick in the book, nigga. I've had it. You don't need to come in somebody's session or whatever they're doing and be a troll. If you want to go be a troll, go to damn school. Be toxic somewhere else. Don't be toxic. Or be mad because you ain't doing what I'm doing. I'm doing all what I'm doing without a label. I'm doing all what I'm doing without being promoted. I'm doing something because I love it. And you're wondering why my stuff isn't taken down. It's because I don't answer to anybody. And even if I did, even if I did, I'm not doing it to where my channels can be taken down or to where I can get exposed. Because when you do a YouTube or you do any sort of social media, when there's fine print, you gotta read that shit. And if you don't, you're fucked. You are fucked because you can go put something in there one day and just like that it's going because you didn't read the fine print. You did something that is against the policy. You did something to get your channel taken down. <clears throat> you did something 
that you weren't supposed to do on YouTube. And once it's on YouTube, everybody can see it. Everybody. So get lost. Stop it. Oh. And for any man who wants to get at me, don't. Because I'm straight. So stop it. The only time I'm bisexual is when it comes to the food and fighting game, you moron. Don't tip me. I've told you all this once, and I'm going to tell you again. I 